Chapter Eight of Part One of the Lives of the Three Mrs. Judsons by Arabella M. Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight: Missionary Labors, Female Intellect in Burma, Description of a Pagoda, of Burman Worship and Offerings. A circumstance still more cheering to the heart of the missionaries than even the arrival of companions from their beloved native land was a visit of a burman who having read the two little books from the press of mr howe came to inquire further into the new religion when mr judson first heard from the lips of the idolater the confession that god is a being without beginning or end not subject to old age or death but who always is his feelings were indescribable and overpowering here at length was a germination of that seed they had so long been sowing in tears for if one heathen heart could be thus led by the spirit to investigate the truth why not more why not many and why might not the same spirit lead them to him who is not only the truth but the way the way to heaven they soon received visits from other burmans who had seen the tracts issued by them and who seemed desirous of learning the truth but still very fearful of being known as inquirers it became necessary therefore to seek the patronage of the government and mr judson determined so soon as he should have furnished his dictionary of the language to proceed to ava the residence of the emperor mrs judson met every sabbath a society of fifteen or twenty females to whom she read the scriptures and talked about god they were attentive and willing to ask and answer questions but for a long time experienced no abiding convictions of sin or duty some were willing to serve christ if they could do it without renouncing dependence on their own merits others would serve god if they might serve Gautama also as there is a tendency in enlightening minds to feel contempt for the intellect of the barbarians and as some have even felt that time spent as mrs judson's was with those native females was thrown away we will here record her testimony to the intelligence of the burmese women the females of this country are lively inquisitive strong and energetic susceptible of friendship and the warmest attachment and possesses minds capable of rising to the highest state of cultivation and refinement this is evident from their mode of conversing and may be illustrated by some particulars in the experience of one of them named may mula previous to the arrival of the missionaries in her country her active mind was led to inquire the origin of all things who created all that her eyes beheld she inquired of all she met and visited priests and teachers in vain and such was her anxiety that her friends feared for her reason she resolved to learn to read that she might consult the sacred books her husband willing to gratify her curiosity taught her to read himself in their sacred literature she found nothing satisfactory for ten years she prosecuted her inquiries when god in his providence brought her to notice a track written by mr judson in the burmese language 
which so far solved her difficulties that she was led to seek out its author from him she learned the truths of the gospel and by the holy spirit those truths were made the means of her conversion she became an ornament to her profession and her daily walk and conversation would shame many professors in christian countries christians in america was mrs judson's time thrown away when she was leading burmese females to the knowledge of the truth as it is in jesus one of the most splendid buildings in the empire is a pagoda at ragoon in which is enshrined a relic of gaudama at this pagoda a yearly feast is celebrated which lasts three days and draws people together from all parts of the country mrs judson says if dr young could have seen the devotion of this people to their idolatry he might as well exclaimed oh for heathen zeal in christian hearts even while i am writing my ears are stunned with the noise and confusion of preparation for an approaching festival could you my dear sir but once witness this annual feast could you behold the enthusiasm of their devotions you would readily admit that nothing short of an almighty arm could break down these strong barriers and cause the introduction of the gospel the pagoda itself is thus described by dr malcolm two miles from the ragoon stands the celebrated pagoda called the Shudagon. It stands upon a small hill surmounted by many smaller pagodas and many noble trees. The hill has been graduated into successive terraces, sustained by brick walls, and the summit, which is completely leveled, contains about two acres. The two principal approaches from the city are lined from each side for a mile with fine pagodas some almost vying for size with the shudagon itself passing these on your way from the city you come to a flight of time-worn steps covered by a curious arcade of little houses of various forms and sizes in some partial decay others truly beautiful after crossing some terraces covered in the same manner you reach the top and passing a great gate enter at once the sad but imposing theatre of gaudama's glory one's first impressions are what terrible grandeur what sickening magnificence what absurd imagery what extravagant expenditure what long successions of devotees to procure this throng of buildings of such various states what poor religion which makes such labors in its chief meritoriousness before you stands the huge shudagon its top among the clouds its golden sides blazing in the glories of the eastern sun around are pompous zayats noble pavements gothic mausoleums uncouth colossal lions curious stone umbrellas graceful cylindrical banners of gold embroidered muslin hanging from lofty pillars enormous stone jars in rows to receive offerings tapers burning before the images exquisite flowers displayed on every side filling the air with fragrance 
and a multitude of carved figures of idols griffins guardians etc always in the morning men and women are seen in every direction kneeling behind their gift and with uplifted hands reciting their devotions often with a string of beads counted over each repetition aged persons sweep out every place or pick out the grass from the crevices dogs and crows struggle along the altars and devour the recent offerings the great bells utter their frequent tones and the mutter of praying voices makes a hum like the buzzing of an exchange every worshipper brings a present often a bunch of flowers or a few green twigs plucked on the way but generally the nicest eatables ready cooked beautiful bunches of flowers articles of raiment etc the amount of offerings here is very great stone vases some of which will hold fifty or sixty gallons stand round pagoda into which the devotees carefully lay their leafy plates of rice plantain cakes etc as these are successively filled appointed persons empty them into their vessels carefully assorting the various kinds the beautiful flowers remain all night and are swept out in the morning no one ever objected however to my gathering them at my pleasure a gift once deposited is no more regarded by the worshipper i could not but feel as i gazed upon the rich landscape and bright heavens and marked the joy of the young men and maidens as they passed on that he who has so long forborne with them will in his abundant mercy give them pastors after his own heart who shall feed them with knowledge and understanding after reading this description who can wonder at the difficulty of turning this semi-barbarous people from a religion of such a gorgeous and imposing ceremonial and of such perfect congeniality with the unhumbled heart to the spiritual self-denying pride-abasing doctrines of the cross mrs judson in a letter to a friend mentions the splendor and costliness of some of their religious offerings one of which cost three hundred thousand tickles or twelve hundred dollars after a description of the pagoda and its worshippers she says the ground on which the pagoda is situated commands a view of surrounding country which presents one of the most beautiful landscapes in nature the polished spires of the pagodas glistening among the trees at the distance appear like steeples of meeting houses in our american seaports the verdant appearance of the country the hills and the valleys ponds and rivers the banks of which are covered with cattle and fields of rice each in turn attract the eye and cause the beholder to exclaim was this delightful country made to be the residence of idolaters oh my friend scenes like these productive of feelings so various and so opposite do notwithstanding 
fire the soul with an unconquerable desire to rescue this people from destruction and lead them to the rock that is higher than they under the date of january eighteenth eighteen eighteen mrs judson writes that they still live quietly unmolested by government and that they receive much respect and affection from the viceroy and his family she had some opportunities of private religious conversation with the viceroy, to whom she presented a translation of matthew's gospel and a catechism still the heart of the lady appeared unaffected though she ordered her daughters to be instructed in the new catechism the inquirer who was mentioned as having afforded mr judson such lively satisfaction had been appointed to a government in a distant province so that they saw little of him but were gratified to learn that his interest in religious books still continued End of chapter 8